0: Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favourite things. Favourites is the name of the segment. We're speaking today to a music legend, not just any old music legend, because there's many of them around, but one of the all-time greats with uh, such a long career, Russell Morris. Hello to you. Simon, hello to you. How are you? I'm very good. I was I was thinking of putting in the intro when I... uh I was Because you always wonder, how are you going to start? What's the first thing you say? And I was going to say, there's only one drawback with Russell Morris, and that is he hangs around with this seedy guy who owns ventriloquist dolls.
1: Oh, that's very sick. It's very sad. I remember going around there one day, and they were seated, because they had a little side dining room. They were seated at the table, and I said to Darren why have you got them there he said oh it's it's good and kathy said it's creepy i hate it she said, i hate those things <laughs> yes darren James they look like, in his venture yeah, like Chucky. yeah they are darren James
0: they, they they just all look like something out of a horror movie they,
1: they do they're, they're hideous i talk to people about it and they go but, you know, what do they look like? And I showed them the photo of Derek. It was Derek and Eric.
0: Yes. And they
1: go, oh, my God, I couldn't have that in the house.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Darren sent me a photo of the two of you with the vent dolls. And it's the sort of thing I, I thought, I'll tuck that away. That could be good blackmail one day. You don't want uh, that photo, Gideon. It getting will in. be, yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, now, Russell Morris, uh, the. The astonishing career you've had um, and i, I don't I don't want to go over like you would have been talked about the real thing so many times in your life you probably you probably get a little bit over it but i I can't help but wonder how it all started for you where was where was that first point in Russell Morris's life where he's gone I think music's the way for me.
1: Well, what happened to a band some friends of mine their singer was poached by another band and they said to me one day what well, will you sing with us during the Christmas holidays? And I said, well, yeah, okay, I'll just do the holidays. And they said, we'll get another singer after that. And I joined the band and uh, I just really loved it. And uh, then we recorded a single and it did pretty well. And I thought, this is not too bad. So I ended up leaving. I was at Swinburne at the time doing a diploma. And I ended up leaving Swinburne with the thought that I would go back in four years' time when I was much too old for the music business and that it moved on from me. And I'd go back and... Finish my education. And so what was what was the uh,
0: the degree you were doing? What was the course? Uh, economics and accountancy. Oh, terribly, terribly uninteresting. Well, okay. if I had a, if I
1: hadn't gone through and passed, I probably would have been in jail now. So, because <laughs> I I am shocking with with figures, and my, my accountants cannot believe that I ever did anything remotely uh, accounting. They said you are just the worst. Are, are, you one of yeah,
0: those, I'm terrible. are you one of those people who turns up at tax time with a shoebox full of crumpled receipts? Well, I don't even keep receipts. Oh, no. I,
1: I have to try and do everything on a card these days because I've, I've been so bad in the past of losing everything. So yeah. I have to put on a credit card to make sure that it's, it's, it's accounted for and things like that.
0: Oh, then it's your accountant's job to go through and say, I think this is deductible.
1: And then I'll go through my, my checkbook and go, well, there's money you paid out here. What did you pay that for? And I go, I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember.
0: Oh, you know, so yeah, um, I'd be in jail if I was an accountant. Oh, that's wonderful. Now, so, so you, you say you, your friends just asked you to sing. So you must have been aware at least that you had a, you know, a good voice, good enough to crank out a number or two. No, not really. I, um, I was Gaylord um,
1: Gaylord Fokker in, in my family. You know, the uh, Meet the Fockers? Oh, yes, yes. That movie. Um, my grandmother and mother were immensely proud of anything I did. I was always the kid that was picked last. You know when they're trying to pick a team at school in the in the playground? Yeah. I was always the last one standing. And I'd by default, I would go to some reluctant captain who really didn't want me in his team anyway. Yeah. Oh. But I always tried. I was one of those guys that tried 120%. And at the swimming, if I ever won anything like uh, the egg and spoon race, and I got a ribbon, my grandmother and mother would pin it on the fridge, and all my aunties and everyone would come around and they'd say, "Look what Russell won! Look what he did!" Blah uh. So I never had the fear of failure. So I I knew I was a failure, but I still didn't have the fear. I knew I knew that they were they were they were trying to bolster me up, but I knew. I always knew that if I came back, they weren't going to go. You could have done better. What is wrong with you? Well, I always knew that I would always be yeah you know, unconditional sort of acceptance and love.
0: Oh, nice. So
1: when the guys said, "Can you sing? Do you reckon you can sing?" and because I'd sung at a couple of parties, and I said, "Yeah, I reckon I can do it." And that was it. I just, I just not knowing whether I would be any good at it, but I, I, I just decided to do it. Yeah. So
0: what year would that have been roughly? 68 or 67, I think, yeah. Right, okay. And, uh, well, it wasn't long after that, that all of a sudden you're top of the charts and, you know, a major star. Yeah, that, well, those things
1: are serendipity and I think they're just, uh, the the odds of the, those things happening sometimes are so great. And that, when they do happen, it's like, how did this happen? How did I end up finding a guy who was a road roadie for a, a band who happened to see me perform at a uh, surf life-saving club because the band felt sorry for us and put us on for one set. <laughs> and all the people in the, in, in the uh, down at Anglesey Life-Saving Club uh, were mostly my friends. And they all went started cheering and going crazy. And that person that was the roadie for the band said, that the group, he, and he'd been driving them crazy, can I manage you? Can I produce your records? No, you're just a friend. Yeah. It was Ian Meldrum. Oh, wow. And Ian Meldrum approached us and said, all right, I'll get these young kids. So he said, all right, can I produce your records? Can I get you a record deal? Can I? And we naively said, yeah, let's go. And the odds of that happening were absolutely astronomical. How do you pick a person off the street and that's going to turn out to be one of the greatest record producers that yeah. this country's ever had? It was just one of
0: those things, yeah. If he wasn't there that day to see you perform... He might not have been who he uh, is, countdown may never have happened, and you might have been an accountant uh, in jail. Wow. That's that's, that's exactly right, yeah. That's, they,
1: all those things, it's, uh, those sliding door moments that you seem to have no control about. It's like, my favourite saying is, we're a bunch of marbles in a, in a bucket tipped out at the top of the hill. Yes. We're going to get to the bottom of the hill, but who knows how. Yeah. Sometimes we'll end up in little eddies and flat bits, and we'll roll over bits, and yeah, but you'll
0: always get to the bottom of the hill. But on the way, the adventure. Yeah, yeah, that is amazing. Um, now, now, the huge success. Uh, the, the and in in later years, by the time I was sort of on the scene in radio, you were doing the thing with um, with uh, Ronnie Burns and Daryl Cotton. Um, uh, and that was uh, that, that was a, a great time but in between uh, and from there of course went on and had you know again major success but there w- were there lean times in the middle because i sort of think of like kiss at the moment about to play the mcg grand final they um they uh, were huge in the 70s but then they had that whole period where no one wanted to know them they did, came out as kiss unmasked to try and get attention and uh and then nothing and then all of a sudden their flavor of the month again it, it there's never a, there's never really a straight line, is there, in a music career. There's the highs and lows. No, yeah, it's the old saying, you're either the rooster or you're the feather duster. Oh. And
1: you often, if you can't take being the feather duster, you shouldn't be in that, in that business. A lot of people can't take it, so they, they turn to drink and things like that. But you've got to be able to ride those lows. And there were many times I remember <clears throat> after my band broke up in the 80s, before I joined uh, Ronnie Burns and Daryl Cotton, I couldn't get any work in the country at, at all. Probably about five to six shows a year I would get. So I was really struggling to stay alive. Wow. And I was, I was trying to write ads to try and make money that way. And um, then things turn around if you just keep paddling. You just never know which favorable wind might pick you up. <clears throat> and then things can turn around and they... They did and then Jim Keyes joined us and then I had Shark Mouth and Van Diemen's Land and all those albums which just went through the roof and it just all turned around
0: on a sixpence, which was really interesting. Yeah, um, a, a similar thing with uh, with John Farnham, of course. With before Whispering Jack, he was sort of on the on the uh, on on the skids a bit, and not not uh, no one was terribly interested. And Johnny O'Keefe, I remember hearing stories about him performing with a you know, he had, had a little cassette player with his backing tracks on it, and he'd rock up with gigs and plug in a microphone to his little cassette deck and play stuff. So uh, yeah. yeah,
1: we all go. We all go through. We all go through that, Simon. I've, we've all been through it, and it's it can be. You've just just got to be resilient. Yeah. You can't let it destroy you, and because it, it will. It's it's one. It's a very hard business, and I imagine being a comedian it'd be even harder, or an actor. Like at least if you're a singer and you can play a bit of guitar, and you need to eat, you can go into a pub and say, "Listen, can I sit in the corner? I'll just play for meals." Yeah. But if you're an actor, you can't get up and stand in the corner and recite King Lear. (laughs) you you can, but you get taken away. (laughs) (laughs) So it's very hard, you know, and all all entertainers do go through um, ebbs and flows, and uh, we all, uh, John, I remember when John was really struggling, he really went through a very hard time. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden, that, that song came out of nowhere, and he came out of nowhere, and People go. oh, I didn't realise he was so good. No, he's always been really good, haven't
0: you? Haven't you? listened? yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, and, and now, up to where we are now in the in the incredible career of Russell Morris, you've decided to get together with—is it fifty-four of your closest friends to to do some performances? <laughs>
1: Yeah, we were playing cards around at my place one night with uh, the 54 of them. I said to the string player, listen, why don't we get a little band together and, and put it on stage and see how it goes? <clears throat> it's yeah, what? it was uh, a phenomenal thing. But I'm uh, – and I'm not saying this to try and be humble or anything. I'm the conduit that it comes through. I get up there and sing. But the star of the show, to me, is David Hirschfelder's arrangements. They are stunning. They, they just – to go to the show is worth it just to go to hear what he does to the songs it's just fantastic
0: well I I was uh, flicking through the album having a bit of a listen because there's an album uh, that is coming out uh, 6th of October I understand is the release date um, which is of these these concerts which you're doing with the 54 piece orchestra Um, and I I love like just flicking through I I heard this from uh, Mr America (laughs) I just love that. I, that's just such a great sounding arrangement. It's big and complete and powerful. Well, that's
1: David for you. And the, and <clears throat> the band were, were exceptional. Exceptional players and the orchestra were exceptional. And the conductor, Peter Morris, the way he worked with the orchestra and the, the rock band, not many conductors can do that because they get out of sequence with each other. Yeah. The conductor just concentrates on keeping the orchestra together and And the band sort of skates along and sort of – but he was just absolutely fabulous. And it it was between Nick Pringardi and uh, Jerry Pantazas, the three of them were the triangular anchors of that band. Jerry is the drummer and Nick is the musical director in the band and Peter Morris was the conductor. And the three of them worked so well together. Unbelievable. If if you listen to that album, they like they talk about live albums and how, and one of the greatest live albums of all time. Um, not that I'm belittling it, because I love it. It's one of my favourites. is till hell freezes over, it wasn't entirely live. They went back into the studio and re-recorded. Oh, tidied so many it up. <laughs> yeah, same same with. Um, Frampton comes alive. They went back in and recorded. So this thing, no one had to go in and replace a guitar note. Or any vocal notes. It's as as is on the night, and uh, it was one of those serendipity moments where
0: everything worked. Everything went bang, 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 bang.
1: And so, <clears> so, it was such
0: so, a privilege. So that, that that was a concert that you did. Uh, how long how long ago? It was only fairly recently, wasn't it? About four months ago was it?
1: Yeah. Uh, in um. Uh, July sometime. That's great when you're having fun. You just can't remember anything. <laughs> Time flies. July?
0: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but the, so you're re, uh, re-touring, doing it all over again. Um, 30th and 31st of October, Hamer Hall in Melbourne. Then you're off to Perth for the uh, Crown Theatre in November. Also Festival Theatre in Adelaide. Uh, Sydney Opera House. That's always a pretty cool thing, isn't it, to play the Sydney Opera That's House? That's right.
1: You Yeah. It is. You always, you
0: always have to pinch yourself. Um, it, it's lovely to be there.
1: One of the iconic buildings <clears throat> or architectural structures in the world.
0: So, it is lovely to actually stand on that stage and perform. Yeah. Is it is it nice inside? I've never been inside. Is it nice inside or is it, you know, is it a bit run down and, and it's only living on reputation or is it, st- is it a great place?
1: Oh, no, it's lovely. It's oh, lovely nice. inside. Everything's really nice. And all the dressing rooms are beautiful. You're, they're all along the side There's long, long windows that stretch along and you and you look out on the um, Sydney Harbour Bridge. Oh, nice. <clears throat> it's just, it's fabulous. It really is a fabulous spot and it's, uh, yeah, a great honour to be there and um, it's a great iconic Australian uh, uh, design and architecture, yeah. Well, not, not that an Australian designed it, but Ootan did it or whatever his name I can't pronounce him. How do you pronounce his name? Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Houston, I think. Yeah, yeah. Oh, him. Unbelievable. Hey. Unbelievable. So four-sided. Yeah.
0: Uh, now, just apropos of nothing, I've also wanted to just play a little bit of this because I just love this. Song. Rachel, Oh, I just think that's amazing you've you've got still got an amazing voice and uh and as you say those arrangements all live it's just this if this album doesn't go top of the charts, I will go nuts because it is every track is just fantastic
1: uh, thanks Simon. mean yeah we're we're pretty proud of it everyone's uh pretty knocked out I wasn't sure because I've always hated live albums every time I've heard a live album that i've done I've hated it there's been mistakes my voice sounded horrible <laughs> but uh, when we got the initial recordings back, I was really pleasantly surprised and Michael Cristiano did such a wonderful job mixing yeah. it. So.
0: Yeah, he's a great talent great. too, yeah. Um, he is. He's, he's a fabulous talent. But The only other album that I would probably say was you know, a, a ripper live album, uh, to, to my ear anyway, um, would probably be Split Ends and the New Zealand Symphony Orchestra. They did an album probably 25 years ago and I, I well, was just hooked I- on every track of that. Gee, I've never heard that. I'm
1: going to Google that and get that because I, I – um, well, I love Eddie Rayner. He's, that guy's a certified genius too like David Hirschhorn he's what a brilliant keyboard player he is he's sensational yeah well they had yeah. the,
0: they had a guest vocalist in there as well doing a couple of numbers Dave Dobbin which was uh, you know great uh, huge in New Zealand of course had had some success here as well but yeah it, it, it's a really good album to have a listen to as well now i will have a listen because Dave Dobbin is also a, an enormous talent um, I just, yeah, he's he he's, should have been bigger than he was. Oh, I completely agree, yeah. He, he did a song called um, Welcome Home. I, I can't remember how long ago now. Uh, it's it's got to be five, six years ago, and it's it's in my playlist on high rotation. I just love it. Yeah, a great okay. talent. Yeah. yeah, I had a couple of his albums. I, I really did love him, yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, Russell Morris, we, we have to get, because we're almost out of time, and we haven't actually got to the point of what this segment is about, favourites, so I'm <coughs> going to throw a few things at you. Uh, Russell okay. Morris, what's your favourite sport to watch? Uh, football. As he as rules? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, favourite restaurant? Um,
1: IOSco, which is an Italian restaurant. Yeah, where's that? That's in Sanctuary Cove, up on the Gold Coast. Oh, okay. What's their best dish? Uh, I love their flounder. They have a wonderful flounder, and they also have a a Morton
0: Bay bug linguini, which is incredible. Oh, nice. Yeah, I I, I just go calamari when it comes to seafood. Uh, Favorite item of clothing? Um, probably a jacket. I've got a, a really nice jacket that I like, a leather jacket. Yeah. Um, Favourite voice, either spoken or singing? Uh, I've spoken or singing? Yeah. Um, probably Pavarotti. Oh, okay, yeah. You Are you yeah. a fan of that sort of operatic uh, music generally? Do Like would you go I'm and fair. see the Ten Tenors or any of that sort of thing? Oh, I like I like to watch them for their technique and the way they sing. like
1: Pavarotti is frightening. Yeah. Just, I don't know how he does what he does. He's frightening., yeah. and uh, he'd be my favorite voice. Um, but as for singers, if i if I had a favorite singer, it'd, it'd probably be someone else, yeah, but uh,
0: for a voice, it's Pavarotti. Do you want to have a crack at favorite singer? They're hard off the top, some of these questions.
1: Yeah, um, well, I, I have a few. There's quite a few of them. That's a hard one, but I'd probably settle on uh, Paul Rogers from Free. Okay, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, Favourite beach? Now, that's impossible, living in Australia. Yeah. That- um, there are so many, uh, probably one of the nicest ones I've seen. I like Rainbow Beach up on the Gold Coast, which is a nice beach.
0: Yeah. Uh, Favourite moment this year?
1: Oh, performing at... Um, doing the two shows at uh, the Opera House and at uh, Hamer Hall, uh, by far exceed everything.
0: Yeah, lovely. Favourite comedian? Favourite comedian? Robin Williams. Oh, wasn't he Wasn't he just the best? I, I adore is. him. Yeah. Did you go see him when he came to Melbourne? Unfortunately, no, no. I
1: think he'd probably be my favourite one, yes.
0: It was the first time that I actually ever said to uh, my wife and friends, I'm buying one ticket and I'm going by myself because I don't want to be distracted by having somebody with me wondering whether they're enjoying it as much as I am. And I, <laughs> I, and I learned something that day. Sometimes it is so good to just go and see something by yourself because you can be fully absorbed in it. Oh, yeah, well, he, you've, you've got to concentrate because he will
1: say a joke you will make a crack and you won't realise until he's gone a sense beyond it. And then he's laughing at that and you've missed the next bit. <laughs> so he was so frighteningly quick. But there's so many great comedians, like wonderful comedians. I, I, I really do like a lot of uh, comedians. They're, I, they're just something that I
0: just gravitate to. Yeah, lovely. Uh, Favourite chip flavour, as in, you know, uh, crisps, crisp chips. No, I don't like chips. I don't like... You don't like chips? You don't go with salt and vinegar or... No, I hate salt and vinegar and the the chicken makes me cringe. Oh, yeah, chicken... If I was going to
1: eat anything, it'd have to
0: be plain. Plain. Okay, plain chips. There you go. I wasn't expecting that. Uh, (laughs) Favourite childhood bedtime story? I don't think... Oh, probably the the three pigs.
1: (laughs) 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 I loved it because it had... It had joyousness but also terror. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. all those little kids stories did, didn't they? They always had some sort of terror
0: they're, lurking in the shadows. They're all as scary as hell and you don't yeah, think about yeah, it as yeah. a kid. You're just hearing a story, but you well, know the Hansel yeah. and Griffel was the worst. Oh, it is. Yeah. Cannibalism <laughs> shoving an old woman <laughs> in an oven and cooking her. She's yeah. <laughs> fattening them up to try and eat them. It's a shocking <laughs> story. <laughs> you've got Goldie, Goldilocks is there and she's broken into her house you know, breaking and entering so she's committing crimes and then uh, three bears come in and want to rip her to shreds it's awful um, last, uh, last one let's go um, favourite teacher did you have a favourite teacher at school? Um,
1: probably gee that, that I had a few but I'd probably have to I'd have to go Noel Edmonds who taught me in sixth grade, who became a really good friend. And later on in life when I was performing, he, he lived out at Monash and he would come along to all the shows with the students. Yeah. And uh, he, probably Noel Edmonds, he was he was a wonderful man.
0: Oh, that's lovely. I, I love hearing stuff like that. That's wonderful.
1: And there was, there was, there was one other, uh, Bruce McDonald, who I still remain good friends with, who uh, was, was a lovely
0: man as well. Oh, beautiful. Uh, Russell Morris, lovely to chat to you. The The tickets are available for all those shows that we mentioned earlier, uh, 30th and 31st of October at Hamer Hall, Melbourne. You can get those through artscentremelbourne.com.au. Uh on shows... my website? Oh, it's, yeah, it's... I'm sorry. I'm... Yeah, russellmorris.com.au. Oh, well, that's easier. Just go we straight on there. Yeah, oh, the albums on there as well yeah okay cool is, is it being released as a physical CD for old-school people you know who, who like to still have a, a physical uh, device or or is it all streaming nowadays oh no I wouldn't have anything
1: else but physical I, I see i'm the well, i'm one of those guys that still buy books I oh. like to have books and read them and write in the in the columns and things like that and I have to if I buy an album I never listen to it by streaming I want to hold it I want to have I like the tactile nature of being able to hold it and look at it and open it and look at the the notes and things like that. I'm not interested in streaming at all. I don't uh, like
0: it. And, and tell me you've, st- you've still got a record player in your lounge room and you love the vinyl. Yes. Yeah, the vinyl's fabulous. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. got a different sound, yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, Russell, lovely to uh, chat to you. Thanks for uh, spending some time with us. And, uh, and as we say, tickets available, russellmorris.com.au. Get to it. And thank you very much for your time. Because if you don't put me on
1: there, everyone thinks I'm dead. So it's great, it's great that people can still hear me. Thanks.